Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra, and we have today another one under the theme of Japanese fashion. In fact, this will be the last focus topic before the finale recap episode. What we'll be looking at today is Japanism in fashion, looking at how Japanese fashion influenced other parts of the world back then and today. I think this is a pretty interesting topic, because if you haven't already noticed, a lot of fashion styles today came from Japanese fashion, but pinpointing exactly where and how it came about that way has not been discussed about much. So, we'll dip into our tours in that today. Now, before we get into it, I have a treat for you listeners. This podcast is called the Nihongo Master Podcast. If you don't already know, Nihongo Master is an interactive online Japanese language learning system. If you're a regular listener of the Study Saturday language series, you're aware that that is formatted just like our online learning system. Now, this podcast has a special, unique 50% off promo code for your entire subscription that I'll drop sometime in the next few minutes, so listen carefully for that. Okay, back on topic. We're here to talk about Japanism in fashion. But first and foremost, what is Japanism? Let's look at the term real quick. This term was created in France, pronounced Japonisme. This word refers to the popularity and influence of Japanese art, or Nihonga in Japanese, and design among Western European countries in the 19th century. When Japan opened up to foreign trade in 1858, many were mesmerized and inspired by Japanese everything. But that's not to say that no one knew of Japanese art and style before then. In fact, for centuries, there were interests in Japanese and Oriental art among selected groups of people. But because they were not available to wider audience, it was rare and extremely valuable. But after Japan opened up to foreign trade, European markets were pouring with Japanese goods like fans, porcelains, and particularly the local art technique called ukiyo-e woodblock prints. This ukiyo-e prints of everything from kabuki, a classical form of Japanese dance drama, actors and folk tales, to landscapes were brought to Europe in huge numbers and were a huge hit. Long story short, that is the start of the Japanese influence in the European art scene. We talked more about ukiyo-e in Season 1, Episode 10, The Art Culture in Japan. If you're interested in that, give that episode a listen. We discuss in more detail regarding that. Now, what we're interested in is the Japanese influence in fashion, which we'll get into that in a second. But before that, here's a quick vocab recap. Nihonga, Japanese art or painting. Kabuki, a classical form of Japanese dance drama. Okioe, Japanese woodblock printing technique. Japanism did not only influence art, it also impacted the late 19th century European fashion. The good old kimono was the main product of inspiration, of course. In fact, there was an advert from around the 1900s for the Babani Fashion House in Paris that clearly stated that they imported Japanese kimonos. Eventually, they became one of the top retailers selling what they called robe japonaise. Pardon my French. Anyway, Japanism influence in European fashion can be observed in three parts. Textile, motifs, and form. When Japan opened up to the rest of the world, textile was one of the biggest exports, and particularly silk. One silk merchant, among many, was Yokohama-based Shobishino, dispatched to the International Exhibition in Vienna in 1873. His research resulted in the production of quilted at-home gowns made of habutae silk, a type of fine Japanese silk. And since, back then, silk products had greater value, items like kimono and gowns made of silk were exported to the West. There were also other types of textile, including yoryu, 
which is silk crepe de chine. This is a type of fabric similar to silk crepe and made from silk. It's lightweight and back in the day, it often had Japanese motifs on it and made into dresses that were in line with fashion at the time. Which brings us to the second part of Japanese influence in fashion, motifs. By the time the 1890s rolled around, Japanese motifs were often seen in textiles. Japanese kimono and kimono hinagata, to mean design or pattern book, were brought to the West in the 19th century. Examples of motifs in these pattern books were greatly incorporated into Paris haute couture designs. Google it and you might very well see what I mean. Everything from cherry blossoms and chrysanthemums, the national flower of Japan, to kabuto, to mean samurai helmets, and the blue ocean waves known as seigaiha, could be seen on textiles of 19th century European fashion. I could go on naming the various types of motifs that were found on textiles back then, but I think that I've proven that Japanese in fashion, in the form of Japanese motifs, were very much a thing. So last but not least, its influence on form. I mean, seeing about dozens of different takes on the kimono in the 21st century is accumulated from the 19th century where it all began. The West was mesmerized by the kimono and its structure. The pulled-back collar, the cut, the intricate details. In the past few centuries, you could see many designs that pull inspiration from various aspects of the kimono. There was Paquin in 1907 with the Montu Japone that incorporated kimono stitching techniques and form into the coat. In the 1920s, Madeleine Vionnet was interested in Japanese kimono and arts and created many works that seemed to be inspired by them like including structure of the kimono into her designs that reinterpreted and highlighted the beauty of the female body. I could name way more, but I don't want to bore you to sleep. I'm sure I've convinced you enough just how much influence Japanese had, and still has, in fashion. Here's a quick vocab recap. Habutae, a type of Japanese fine silk. Yoryu, a type of silk crepe. Hinagata, design or pattern book. Kabuko, Samurai Helmets, Seigaiha, Blue Ocean Waves. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you waste. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? We now know how Japanese art and design began to influence the West. How about now? I'd say we have fashion designers to thank for that. Japanese fashion designers have been busy in the past few decades at reinventing and revolutionizing Japanese influence in fashion. One of the pioneers who first took Japanese fashion to the international market was Hanae Mori, where she used the traditional Japanese silk crepe called Chirimen, often used for kimonos, to create one-piece dresses. In Season 2, Episode 7, we talked about three big-name fashion designers that not only are experts at seamlessly fusing traditional and modern, but they have unexpectedly made quite an impact on the Western fashion industry. You can't really sum up Western fashion of the late 20th century without acknowledging the contributions by this Japanese avant-garde trio. 
Ryoji Yamamoto, Isemiyaki, and Rei Kawakubo. The first one, Yamamoto, reinvented Western technical and aesthetic values. Now one of the most distinguished fashion designers of the industry, he is known for the free-spirited concept portrayed in his crafty tailoring and androgynous silhouettes with the notion of concealing rather than revealing the body. A typical Japanese approach that is used religiously by Yamamoto is to start a design with fabric rather than silhouette. Isemiyaki, though, was the first out of the three to showcase in France and was also the first to restructure sartorial conventions. Instead of obliging to the Western concept for women clothing of fitted silhouette and exposure of body contours, Miyake proudly introduced loose and baggy designs, free of traditional construction. Just like his compatriot, Miyake has roots deep in traditional Japanese design philosophy, which is evident in all of his creations, and converting them into fashion-forward, modern Western pieces. He introduced a new definition of aesthetics, and not by creating aesthetics itself, but by crafting it to the way of life. Ikikata in Japanese. The garment flows where the body moves. Enrei Kawakubo, also known as the founder of Comme des Garçons, is similar to Isiyamiyake in the sense of focusing on perfectly imperfect cuts and asymmetrical lines in her designs, and also to Yoji Yamamoto with the dramatic usage of black. And with the multi-brand retail stores, Dover Street Market, Kawakubo still remembers the Japanese roots by having them go through Tachiyagari. While in Japanese it means start or beginning, for these multi-brand retail stores, is the revamping of the space and basically giving it a fresh start. Now that's just an insight to what we discussed in that episode. Tune in to that for your full rundown of these Japanese fashion triumvirate. Now for a quick vocab recap. Chirimen, a Japanese silk crepe. Ikikata, way of life. Tachiyagari, to mean start or beginning. So as you can see, Japanese influence in fashion dates back quite a bit, to the late 1800s in fact. And now we see various types of the kimono known by not just the successful fashion designers mentioned above, but just about any fashion enthusiast out there. How big of an influence is Japanese art and design today, do you think? Tell us your thoughts by commenting on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Also on our social media, you can find fun and interesting campaigns happening. Currently. We are on our final week of the Kansai region of the Tour of Japan campaign, so you can have a look at the intriguing Kansai facts we have already up. And head over to Nihongo Master Blog if you're interested in reading up on topics like these some more. And if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, pop onto our official website, nihongomaster.com, to learn more. While you're at it, why not get yourself a subscription? Get a head start on your Nihongo journey with Nihongo Master. Now here's a promo code you all have been waiting for. Plugin FASHION F-A-S-H-I-O-N at checkout to get 50% off your subscription forever. That's right, $20 a month becomes $10 a month. Your monthly or yearly subscription is half off using this podcast exclusive code. So go on, sign up now. And thank you so much for listening in. We'll be walking you down another avenue of Japan's rich culture. Mata ne!